Sattva, Sankarsana, Pradyamna and Anuruddha constitute this second quadruple. They are purely transcendental. PURPORT Sripad Sankarakaraya has misleadingly explained the quadruple from, Kadarvaya, in his interpretation of the 42nd aphorism of the second kanda of chapter 2 of the Vedanta Sutras, Adpathya Sambhavat. In verses 41 through 47 of Sri Ketanaya Karatamrata, Srila Krishnadasakavirija Gosvami answers Sripad Sankarakaraya's misleading objections to the personal feature of the Absolute Truth. The Supreme Personality of Godhead, the Absolute Truth, is not like a material object that can be known by experimental knowledge or sense perception. In the Narada Pankaratra this fact has been explained by Narayana himself to Lord Shiva. But Sankarakaraya, the incarnation of Shiva, under the order of Narayana, his master, had to mislead the monists, who favor ultimate extinction. In the conditioned stage of existence, all living entities have four basic defects, of which one is the cheating propensity. Sankarakaraya has carried this cheating propensity to the extreme to mislead the monists. Actually, the quadruple forms explained in the Vedic literature cannot be understood by the speculation of a conditioned soul. The quadruple forms should therefore be accepted, just as they are described. The authority of the Vedas is such that, even if one does not understand something by his limited perception, he should accept the Vedic injunction and not create interpretations to suit his imperfect understanding. In his Samirakabhasaya, however, Sankarakaraya has increased the misunderstanding of the monists. The quadruple forms have a spiritual existence that can be realized in Vasudeva Sattva, Sattva Sattva, or unqualified goodness, which accompanies complete absorption in the understanding of Vasudeva. The quadruple forms, who are full of the six opulences of the Supreme Personality of Godhead are the enjoyers of the internal potency. Thinking the Absolute Personality of Godhead to be poverty-stricken or to have no potency, or, in other words, to be impotent, is simply rascaldom. This rascaldom is the profession of the conditioned soul, and it increases his bewilderment. One who cannot understand the distinctions between the spiritual world and material world has no qualification to examine or announce situation of the transcendental quadruple forms. In his commentaries on the second kanda of the Vedanta Sutra, chapter 2, verses 42-45, His Holiness Sripad Sankarakaraya has made a futile attempt to nullify the existence of these quadruple forms in the spiritual world. Sankarakaraya says, verse 42, that devotees think the Supreme Personality of Godhead Vasudeva, Shri Krishna, to be one, to be free from material qualities and to have a transcendental body full of bliss and eternal existence. He is the ultimate goal of the devotees, who believe that the Supreme Personality of Godhead expands himself into four other eternal transcendental forms, Vasudeva, Sankarsana, Pradyamna and Anuruddha. From Vasudeva, who is the primary expansion comes Sankarsana, Pradyamna and Anuruddha in that order. Another name of Vasudeva is Paramatma, another name of Sankarsana is Jiva, the living entity, another name of Pradyamna is Mind and another name of Anuruddha is Ahankara, false ego. Among these expansions, Vasudeva is considered the origin of material nature. Therefore Sankarakaraya says that Samkarsana, Pradyamna and Anuruddha must be creations of that original cause. Great souls assert that Narayana, who is known as Paramatma, the Super-Soul, is beyond material nature, and this is in accordance with the statements of the Vedic literature. Mayavadis also agree that Narayana can expand himself in various forms. Sankara says that he does not attempt to argue that portion of the devotee's understanding, but he must protest the idea that Sankarsana is produced from Vasudeva, Pradyamna is produced from Sankarsana, and Anuruddha is produced from Pradyamna, for, if Sankarsana is understood to represent the living entities created from the body of Vasudeva, the living entities would have to be non-eternal. The living entities are supposed to be freed from material contamination by engaging in prolonged temple worship of the Supreme Personality of Godhead, reading Vedic literature and performing yoga and pious activities to attain the Supreme Lord. But if the living entities had been created from material nature at a certain point, they would be non-eternal and would have no chance to be liberated and associate with the Supreme Personality of Godhead. When a cause is nullified, its results are nullified. In the second chapter of Vedanta Sutra, Akariya Vedavyasa has also refuted the conception that the living beings were ever born, Natmasrudar Natayavat Katabhaya. 
because there is no creation for the living entities, they must be eternal. Sankarakarya says, verse 43 that devotees think that Pradyamna, who is considered to represent the senses, has sprung from Sankarsana, who is considered to represent the living entities. But we cannot actually experience that a person can produce senses. Devotees Azo say that from Pradyamna has sprung Anuruddha, who is considered to represent the ego. But Sankarakarya says that, unless the devotees can show how ego and the means of knowledge can generate from a person, such an explanation of the Vedanta Sutra cannot be accepted, for no other philosophers accept the Sutras in that way. Sankarakarya also says, verse 44 that he cannot accept the devotees' idea that Sankarsana, Pradyamna and Anuruddha are equally as powerful as the Absolute Personality of Godhead, full in the six opulences of knowledge, wealth, strength, fame, beauty and renunciation, and free from the flaw of generation at a certain point. Even if they are full expansions, the flaw of generation remains. Vasudeva, Sankarsana, Pradyamna and Anuruddha, being distinct individual persons, cannot be one. Therefore, if they are accepted as absolute, full and equal, there would have to be many personalities of Godhead. But there is no need to accept that there are many personalities of Godhead, because acceptance of one omnipotent God is sufficient for all purposes. The acceptance of more than one God is contradictory to the conclusion that Lord Vasudeva, the absolute personality of Godhead, is one without a second. Even if we agree to accept that the quadruple forms of Godhead are all identical, we cannot avoid the incongruous flaw of non-eternity. Unless we accept that there are some differences among the personalities, there is no meaning to the idea that Sankarsana is an expansion of Vasudeva, Pradyamna is an expansion of Sankarsana, and Anuruddha is an expansion of Pradyamna. There must be a distinction between cause and effect. For example, a pot is distinct from the earth from which it is made, and therefore we can ascertain that the earth is the cause and the pot is the effect. Without such distinctions, there is no meaning to cause and effect. Furthermore, the followers of the Pankaratric principles do not accept any differences in knowledge and qualities between Vasudeva, Sankarsana, Pradyamna and Anuruddha. The devotees accept all these expansions to be one, but why should they restrict oneness to these quadruple expansions? Certainly we shall not do so, for all living entities, from Brahma to the insignificant ant, are expansions of Vasudeva, as accepted in all the Srutas and Smritis. Sankarakarya also says, verse 45, that the devotees who follow the Pamkaratra state that God's qualities and God himself, as the owner of the qualities, are the same. But how can the Bhagavata school state that the six opulences, wisdom, wealth, strength, fame, beauty and renunciation, are identical with Lord Vasudeva? This is impossible. In his Lager Bhagavatamrata, verses 80-83, Srila Rupadasvami has refuted the charges directed against the devotees by Sripad Sankarakari regarding their explanation of the quadruple forms Vasudeva, Sankarsana, Pradyamna and Anuruddha. He says that these four expansions of Narayana are present in the spiritual sky, where they are famous as Mahavastha. Among them, Vasudeva is worshipped within the heart by meditation, because he is the predominating deity of the heart, as explained in Srimad Bhagavatam 4.3.23. Sankarsana, the second expansion, is Vasudeva's personal expansion for pastimes, and since he is the reservoir of all living entities, he is sometimes called Jiva. The beauty of Sankarsana is more than that of innumerable full moons radiating light beams. He is worshipable as the principle of ego. He has invested Anantadeva with all the potencies of sustenance. For the dissolution of the creation, he also exhibits himself as the super soul in Rudra, irreligiosity, Avi, the snake, Antaka, death, and the demons. Pradyamna, the third manifestation, appears from Sankarsana. Those who are especially intelligent worship this Pradyamna expansion of Sankarsana as the principle of the intelligence. The goddess of fortune always chants the glories of Pradyamna in the place known as Ilavradivarsa, and she always serves him with great devotion. His complexion appears sometimes golden and sometimes bluish like new monsoon clouds in the sky. He is the origin of the creation of the material world, and he has invested his creative principle in Cupid. It is by his direction only that all men and demigods and other living entities function with energy for regeneration. 
Anuruddha, the fourth of the quadruple expansions, is worshipped by great sages and psychologists as the principle of the mind. His complexion is similar to the bluish hue of a blue cloud. He engages in the maintenance of the cosmic manifestation and is the super soul of Dharma, the deity of religiosity, Manu, the progenitor of mankind, and the Dimitis, Bimagans. The Moksadharma Vedic scripture indicates that Pradyamna is the deity of the total mind, whereas Anuruddha is the deity of the total ego, but previous statements regarding the quadruple forms are confirmed in the Pankaratra Tantras in all respects. I am the Lagabhagavatamrata, there says 44-66, the Re is a Iyakad explanation of the inconceivable potencies of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Negating Samkarakarai's statements, the Matavaraha Purana declares, Sarvnitaya Sasvatas Kabdetas Tassaya Puratmana Hanapadanarahitanava all the varied expansions of the personality of Godhead are transcendental and eternal, and all of them repeatedly descend to all the different universes of the material creation. Their bodies, composed of eternity, bliss and knowledge, are everlasting, there is no chance of their decaying, for they are not creations of the material world. Their forms are concentrated spiritual existence, always complete with all spiritual qualities and devoid of material contamination. Kanthi RM in these statement TS then Radapamkaratra S RTS Manner Yathavid Hajina Nilapatadir Utahar. Each incarnation is distinct from all the others. This is possible by the Lord's inconceivable potency, by which he can simultaneously represent himself as one, as various partial forms, and as the origin of these partial forms. Nothing is impossible for his inconceivable potencies. Krishna is one without a second, but he manifests himself in different bodies, as stated by Narada in the 10th canto of Srimad Bhagavatam, Sitram Batated Akina Vapusa Yugapit Prafagrahisud Vyastasahasram Striya Eka Yudavahatit is wonderful indeed that one Krishna has simultaneously become different Krishnas in 16,000 palaces to accept 16,000 queens as his wives. SB 10.69.2, the Padma Purana also explains, Sadivo Bhavan. I am the tenth canto of Srimad Bhagavatam it is said, Yajanti Van Mayas Vam Vebahumurdiikamurdikam, O my lord, although you manifest yourself in varieties of forms, you are one without a second. Therefore pure devotees concentrate upon you and worship only you. SB 10.40.7, in the Kurma Purana it is said, Asthulus Kananus Kava. Sphulonus Kava Sarvatah Havarnah Sarvatah Praktah Siamo Raktantalakanah The Lord is personal, although impersonal, he is atomic, although great, and he is blackish and has red eyes, although he is colorless. By material calculation all this may appear contradictory, but if we understand that the Supreme Personality of Godhead has inconceivable potencies, we can accept these facts as eternally possible in him. In our present condition we cannot understand the spiritual activities, and how they occur, but although they are inconceivable in the material context, we should not disregard such contradictory conceptions. Although it is apparently inconceivable, it is quite possible for the Absolute to reconcile all opposing elements. Srimad Bhagavatam establishes this in the 6th canto, 6.9.34-37, O my lord, your transcendental pastimes and enjoyments all appear inconceivable, because they are not limited by the causal and effective actions of material thought. You can do everything without performing bodily work. The Vedas say that the Absolute Truth has multifarious potencies and does not need to do anything personally. My dear Lord, you are entirely devoid of material qualities. Without anyone's help, you can create, maintain and dissolve the entire qualitative material manifestation, yet in all such activities you do not change. You do not accept the results of your activities, unlike ordinary demons and demigods, who suffer or enjoy the reactions of their activities in the material world. Unaffected by the reactions of work, you eternally exist with your full spiritual potency. This we cannot fully understand. Because you are unlimited in your six opulences, no one can count your transcendental qualities. Philosophers and other thoughtful persons are overwhelmed by the contradictory manifestations of the physical world and the propositions of logical arguments and judgments. Because they are bewildered by word jugglery and disturbed by the different calculations of the scriptures, their theories cannot touch you, who are the ruler and controller of everyone and whose glories are beyond conception. 
your inconceivable potency keeps you unattached to the mundane qualities. Surpassing all conceptions of material contemplation, your pure transcendental knowledge keeps you beyond all speculative processes. By your inconceivable potency, there is nothing contradictory in you. People may sometimes think of you as impersonal or personal, but you are one. For persons who are confused or bewildered, a rope may manifest itself as different kinds of snakes. For similar confused persons who are uncertain about you, you create various philosophical methods in pursuance of their uncertain positions. We should always remember the differences between spiritual and material actions. The Supreme Lord, being all spiritual, can perform any act without extraneous help. In the material world, if we want to manufacture an earthen pot, we need the ingredients, a machine and also a laborer. But we should not extend this idea to the actions of the Supreme Lord, for he can create anything in a moment without that which appears necessary in our own conception. When the Lord appears, as an incarnation to fulfill a particular purpose, this does not indicate that he is unable to fulfill it without appearing. He can do anything simply by his will, but by his causeless mercy he appears to be dependent upon his devotees. He appears, as the son of Yasadamadanat, because he is dependent on her care, but because he accepts such a role by his causeless mercy. When he appears for the protection of his devotees, he naturally accepts trials and tribulations on their behalf. In Bhagavad Gita it is said that the Lord, being equally disposed towards every living being, has no enemies and no friends, but he has special affection for a devotee who always thinks of him in love. Therefore neutrality and partiality are both among the transcendental qualities of the Lord, and they are properly adjusted by his inconceivable energy. The Lord is Parabrahman, or the source of the impersonal Brahma, which is his all-pervading feature of neutrality. In his personal feature, however, as the owner of all transcendental opulences, the Lord displays his partiality by taking the side of his devotees. Partiality, neutrality and all such qualities are present in God, otherwise they could not be experienced in the creation. Since he is the total existence, all things are properly adjusted in the absolute. In the relative world such qualities are displayed in a perverted manner, and therefore we experience non-duality, as a perverted reflection. Because there is no logic to explain how things happen in the realm of spirit, the Lord is sometimes described as being beyond the range of experience. But if we simply accept the Lord's inconceivability, we can then adjust all things in Him. Non-devotees cannot understand the Lord's inconceivable energy, and consequently for them it is said that He is beyond the range of conceivable expression. The author of the Brahmastras accepts this fact and says, Sruts to Sabdamulatvat, the Supreme Personality of Godhead is not conceivable by an ordinary man, he can be understood only through the evidence of Vedic injunctions. The Skanda Purana confirms, Asintaya Kaluyi Bhavanatams Tarkina Yajayat, matters inconceivable to a common man should not be a subject for argument. We find very wonderful qualities even in material jewels and drugs. Indeed, their qualities often appear inconceivable. Therefore, if we do not attribute inconceivable potencies to the Supreme Personality of Godhead, we cannot establish His supremacy. It is because of these inconceivable potencies that the glories of the Lord have always been accepted, as difficult to understand. Ignorance and the jugglery of words are very common in human society, but they do not help one understand the inconceivable energies of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. If we accept such ignorance and word jugglery, we cannot accept the Supreme Lord's perfection in six opulences. For example, one of the opulences of the Supreme Lord is complete knowledge. Therefore, how could ignorance be conceivable in him? Vedic instructions and sensible arguments establish that the Lord's maintaining the cosmic manifestation and simultaneously being indifferent to the activities of its maintenance cannot be contradictory, because of his inconceivable energies. To a person who is always absorbed in the thought of snakes, a rope always appears as a snake, and similarly to a person bewildered by material qualities and devoid of knowledge of the Absolute, the Supreme Personality of Godhead appears according to diverse bewildered conclusions. Someone might argue that the Absolute would be affected by duality, if he were both all cognizance, Brahman, and the Personality of Godhead with six opulences in full, Bhagavan. 
To refute such an argument in T. The Aphorism Svirupadvaya Mixiate declares that in spite of appearances, there is no chance of duality in the Absolute, for he is but one in diverse manifestations. Understanding that the Absolute displays varied pastimes by the influence of his energies at once removes the apparent incongruity of his inconceivably opposite energies. Srimad Bhagavadam 3.4.16 gives the following description of the inconceivable potency of the Lord. Karmani Anadhasaya Bhavoda Vasaya Tedragasrael Theribayat Palayanam Kalatmano Yat Pramadayutasraya Svetman Radhakadayati Dirbhidamaya, although the Supreme Personality of Godhead has nothing to do, he nevertheless acts, although he is always inborn, he nevertheless takes birth, although he is time, fearful to everyone, he flees Mathura in fear of his enemy to take shelter in a fort, and although he is self-sufficient, he marries 16,000 women. These pastimes seem like bewildering contradictions, even to the most intelligent. Had these activities of the Lord not been a reality, sages would not have been puzzled by them. Therefore such activities should never be considered imaginary. Whenever the Lord desires, his inconceivable energy, Yagamaya serves him in creating and performing such pastimes. The scriptures known as the Pamkaritra, Sastras are recognized Vedic scriptures that have been accepted by the great Akaris. These scriptures are not products of the modes of passion and ignorance. Learned scholars and Brahmanas therefore always refer to them as Sabvata Samhitas. The original speaker of these scriptures is Narayana, the Supreme Personality of Godhead. This is especially mentioned in the Moksha Dharma, 349.68 WH, which is part of the Santi Parva of the Mahabharata. Liberated sages like Narada and Vyasa, who are free from the four defects of conditioned souls, are the propagators of these scriptures. Sri Narada Muni is the original speaker of the Pamkaratra Sastra. Srimad Bhagavatam is also considered a Sabvata Samhita. Indeed, Sri Kaitan Yamata Prabhudc aired, Srimad Bhagavatam Puranam Amalam, Srimad Bhagavatam is a spotless Purana. Amalakaya said editors and scholars who attempt to misrepresent the Pamkaratra Sastras to refute its regulations are most abominable. In the modern age, such malicious scholars have even commented Amilad Imawayupo and Bhagavad WHIKH was spoken by KRS in a to prove that there is no Krishna. How the Mayavadis have misrepresented the Pamkaratra Kavinhi will be shown below. 1. Ianko Inventi in Gon Thor Tysiko in D. Versa of Thivadanta Sutra, Sripad Sankarakaraya has claimed that Sankarsana is Jiva, the ordinary living entity, but there is no evidence in any Vedic scripture that devotees of the Lord have ever said that Sankarsana is an ordinary living entity. He is an infallible plenary expansion of the Supreme Personality of Godhead in the Visnu category, and he is beyond the creation of material nature. He is the original source of the living entities. The Upanishads declare, Nityo Nityanam Sevitas Satananam, He is the supremely living entity among all the living entities. Therefore he is Vidhukaitanaya, the greatest. He is directly the cause of the cosmic manifestation and the infinitesimal living beings. He is the infinite living entity, and ordinary living entities are infinitesimal. Therefore he is never to be considered an ordinary living being, for that would be against the conclusion of the authorized scriptures. The living entities are also beyond the limitations of birth and death. This is the version of the Vedas, and it is accepted by those who follow scriptural injunctions and who have actually descended in the disciplic succession. To, in answer to Sankarakarai's commentary on the 43rd verse, it must be said that the original Visnu of all the Visnu categories, which are distributed in several ways, is Mila Sankarsana. Mila means the original. Sankarsana is also Visnu, but from him all other Visnus expand. This is confirmed in the Brahma Samhita, wherein it is said that, just as a flame transferred from another flame acts like the original, so the Visnus who emanate from Mulasankarsana are as good as the original Visnu. One should worship that Supreme Personality of Godhead, Gavinda, who thus expands himself. 3. In reply to the commentary of Sankarakaraya on the 44th verse, it may be said that no pure devotees strictly following the principles of Pamkaritra will ever accept the statement that all the expansions of this new are different identities, for this idea is completely false. 
Even Sripadsankarakaraya, in his commentary on the 42nd verse, has accepted that the personality of Godhead can automatically expand himself variously. Therefore his commentary on the 42nd verse and his commentary on the 44th verse are contradictory. It is a defect of Mayavada commentaries that they make one statement in one place and a contradictory statement in another place, as a tactic to refute the Bhagavata school. Thus Mayavati commentators do not even follow regulative principles. It should be noted that the Bhagavata school accepts the quadruple forms of Narayana, but that does not mean that it accepts many gods. Devotees know perfectly well that the Absolute Truth, the Supreme Personality of Godhead, is one without a second. They are never pantheists, worshippers of many gods, for this is against the injunction of the Vedas. Devotees completely believe, with strong faith, that Narayana is transcendental and has inconceivable proprietorship of various transcendental potencies. We therefore recommend that scholars consult the Lagabhagavatamra of Srila Rupadasvami, where these ideas are explicitly stated. Sripad Sankaracharya has tried to prove that Vasudeva, Sankarsana, Pradyamna and Anuruddha expand through cause and effect. He has compared them with earth and earth and pots. That is completely ignorant, however, for there is no such thing as cause and effect in their expansions, param. The Kerma Purana also confirms, There is no difference between Nbhadwa and Soul in the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Cause and effect are material. For example, it is seen that a father's body is the cause of a son's body, but the soul is neither cause nor effect. On the spiritual platform there are none of the differences we find in cause and effect. Since all the forms of the Supreme Personality of Godhead are spiritually supreme, they are equally controllers of material nature. Standing on the fourth dimension, they are predominating figures on the transcendental platform. There is no trace of material contamination in their expansions, because material laws cannot influence them. There is no such rule as cause and effect outside of the material world. Therefore the understanding of cause and effect cannot approach the full, transcendental, complete expansions of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. The Vedic literature proves this, um purnamadaha purnamidam purnat purnam udasayate. Purnasaya purnamadaha purnamivavasisayate The Personality of Godhead is perfect and complete, and because he is completely perfect, all emanations from him, such as this phenomenal world, are perfectly equipped, as complete wholes. Whatever is produced of the complete whole is also complete by itself. Because he is the complete whole, even though so many complete units emanate from him, he remains the complete balance. Brahadaranayaka Upanishad, 5.1 It is most apparent that non-devotees violate the rules and regulations of devotional service to equate the whole cosmic manifestation, which is the external feature of this new, with the Supreme Personality of Godhead who is the controller of Maya, or with his quadruple expansions. The equalization of Maya and Spirit, or Maya and the Lord, is a sign of atheism. The cosmic creation, which manifests life in forms from Brahma to the ant, is the external feature of the Supreme Lord. It comprises one-fourth of the Lord's energy, as confirmed in Bhagavad Gita, Ekamsina's Thital Jagat. The cosmic manifestation of the illusory energy is material nature, and everything within material nature is made of matter. Therefore, one should not try to compare the expansions of material nature to the Katarvaya, the quadruple expansions of the Personality of Godhead, but unfortunately the Mayavadi school unreasonably attempts to do this. For, to answer Sankarakarya's commentary on the 45th verse, the substance of the transcendental qualities and their spiritual nature is described in the Lagabhagavatamrata, verses 97 through of 99, as follows, So ni say that transcendence must be void of all qualities, because qualities are manifested only in matter. According to them, all qualities are like temporary, flickering barrages. But this is not acceptable. Since the Supreme Personality of Godhead is absolute, his qualities are non-different from him. His form, name, qualities and everything else pertaining to him are as spiritual as he is. Every qualitative expansion of the Absolute Personality of Godhead is identical with him. Since the Absolute Truth, the Personality of Godhead, is the reservoir of all pleasure, all the transcendental qualities that expand from him are also reservoirs of pleasure. 
This is confirmed in the scripture known as Brahmatarka, which states that the Supreme Lord Hari is qualified by himself, and therefore Vishnu and his pure devotees and their transcendental qualities cannot be different from their persons. In the Vishnu Purana Lord Vishnu is worshipped in the following words, backquote, Let the Supreme Personality of Godhead be merciful toward us. His existence is never infected by material qualities. In the same Visnu Purana it is also said that all the qualities attributed to the Supreme Lord, such as knowledge, opulence, beauty, strength and influence, are known to be non-different from him. This is also confirmed in the Padma Purana, which explains that, whenever the Supreme Lord is described as having no qualities, this should be understood to indicate that he is devoid of material qualities. In the first chapter of the same Padma Purana it is said, backquote O Dharma, protector of religious principles, all noble and sublime qualities are eternally manifested in the person of Krishna, and devotees and transcendentalists who aspire to become faithful also desire to possess such transcendental qualities. It is to be understood that Lord Shri Krishna, the transcendental form of absolute bliss, is the fountainhead of all pleasurable transcendental qualities and inconceivable potencies. In this connection we may Recommend references to Srimad Bhagavatam, 3rd Canto, Chapter 26, Verses 21, 25, 27 and 28. Sripad Ramanujakariya has also refuted the arguments of Samkara in his own commentary on the Vedanta Sutra WH which is known as the Sri Basaya. Sripad Sankarakariya has tried to equate the Pamkaratris with the philosophy of the atheist Kapila, and thus he has tried to prove that the Pamkaratris contradict the Vedic injunctions. The Pamkaratris state that the personality of Jiva called Samkarsana has emerged from Vasudeva, the supreme cause of Ali causes, that Pradyamna, the mind, has come from Sankarsana, and that Anuruddha, the ego, has come from Pradyamna. But one cannot say that the living entity, Jiva, takes birth or is created, for such a statement is against the injunction of the Vedas. As stated in the Katha Upanishad, 2.18, living entities, as individual spiritual souls, can have neither birth nor death. All Vedic literature declares that the living entities are eternal. Therefore, when it is said that Sankarsana is Jiva, this indicates that he is the predominating deity of the living entities. Similarly, Pradyamna is the predominating deity of the mind, and Anuruddha is the predominating deity of the ego. It has been said that Pradyamna, the mind, was produced from Sankarsana. But if Sankarsana were a living entity, this could not be accepted, because a living entity cannot be the cause of the mind. The Vedic injunctions state that everything, including life, mind and the senses, comes from the Supreme Personality of Godhead. It is impossible for the mind to be produced by a living entity, for the Vedas state that everything comes from the Absolute Truth, the Supreme Lord. Samkarsana, Pratyuna and Anuruddha have all the potent features of the Absolute Personality of Godhead, according to the revealed scriptures, which contain undeniable facts that no one can refute. Therefore these quadruple forms are never to be considered ordinary living beings. Each of them is a plenary expansion of the Absolute Godhead, and thus each is identical with the Supreme Lord in knowledge, opulence, energy, influence, prowess and potencies. The evidence of Pamkaratra cannot be neglected. Only untrained persons who have not genuinely studied the Pamkaratras think a that the Pamkaratras contradict the Srutas regard in the birth or beginning of the living entity. In this connection, we must accept the verdict of Srimad Bhagavatam, which says, backquote, The absolute personality of Godhead, who is known as Vasudeva and who is very much affectionate toward his surrendered devotees, expands himself in quadruple forms who are subordinate to him and at the same time identical with him in all respects. The Postura Samhita states, backquote, The scriptures that recommend that Brahmanas worship the Qudrupal forms of the Supreme Personality of Godhead are called Agamas left square bracket authorized Vedic literatures right square bracket. In all Vaisnava literature it is said that worshipping these quadruple forms is as good as worshipping the Supreme Personality of Godhead Vasudeva, who in his different expansions, complete in six opulences, can accept offerings from his devotees of the results of their prescribed duties. Worshipping the expansions for pastimes, such as Narasimha, Rama, Sisa and Kurma, promotes one to the worship of the Sankarsana quadruple. From that position one is raised to the platform of worshipping Vasudeva, the Supreme Brahman, 
in the Paskara Samhitic is said, backquote, if one fully worships according to the regulative principles, one can attain the Supreme Personality of Godhead, Vasudeva. It is to be accepted that Sankarsana, Pradyamna and Anuruddha are as good as Lord Vasudeva, for they all have inconceivable power and can accept transcendental forms like Vasudeva. Sankarsana, Pradyamna and Anuruddha are never born, but they can manifest themselves in various incarnations before the eyes of pure devotees. This is the conclusion of all Vedic literature. That the Lord can manifest himself before his devotees by his inconceivable power is not against the teaching of the Pamkaratra. Since Sankarsana, Pradyamna and Anuruddha are actually the predominating deities of all living entities, the total mind, and the total ego, the descriptions of Sankarsana, Pradyamna and Anuruddha as Jiva, mind and ego are never contradictory to the statements of the scriptures. These names identify these deities, just as the terms backquote sky and backquote light sometimes identify the absolute Brahman. The scriptures completely deny the birth or production of the living entity. In the Paramasamhita it is described that material nature, which is used for others' purposes is factually inert and always subject to transformation. The field of material nature is the arena of the activities of fruitive actors, and since the material field is externally related with the Supreme Personality of Godhead, it is also eternal. In every Samhita, the Jiva, living entity has been accepted as eternal, and in the Pamkaratra the birth of the Jiva is completely denied. Anything that is produced must also be annihilated. Therefore, if we accept the birth of the living entity, we also have to accept his annihilation. But since the Vedic literatures say that the living entity is eternal, one should not think the living being to be produced at a certain time. In the beginning of the Paramasamhita it is definitely stated that the face of material nature is constantly changeable. Therefore beginning, annihilation and all such terms are applicable only in the material nature. Comma, considering all these points, one should understand that Sankarakara's statement that Sankarsana is born, as Ajiva is completely against the Vedic statements. His assertions are completely refuted by the above arguments. In this connection the commentary of Sridharasvami on Srimad Bhagavatam, 3.1.34 is very helpful. For a detailed refutation of Sankarakara's arguments to prove Sankarsana an ordinary living being, one may refer to Srimad Sudarsanakara's commentary on Sri Basaya WHIKH is known as the Sruta Prakasaka. The original quadruple forms Krishna, Baladeva, Pradyamna and Anuruddha expand into another quadruple, which is present in the Vaikuntha planets of the spiritual sky. Therefore the quadruple forms in the spiritual sky are the second manifestation of the original quadruple in Dvaraka. As explained above, Vasudeva, Samkarsana, Pradyamna and Anuruddha are all changeless, transcendental plenary expansions of the Supreme Lord who have no relation to the material modes. The Sankarsana form in the second quadruple is not only a representation of Balarama but also the original cause of the causal ocean, where Karanadakasayivisnu lies asleep, breathing out the seeds of innumerable universes. In the spiritual sky there is a spiritual creative energy technically called Sadhasadva, which is a pure spiritual energy that sustains all the Vaikuntha planets with the full opulences of knowledge, wealth, prowess, etc. All these actions of Sadhasadva display the potencies of Matasankarsana, who is the ultimate reservoir of all individual living entities who are suffering in the material world. When the cosmic creation is annihilated, the living entities, who are indestructible by nature, rest in the body of Matasankarsana. Sankarsana is therefore sometimes called the total jiva. As spiritual sparks, the living entities have the tendency to be inactive in the association of material energy, just as sparks of a fire have the tendency to be extinguished as soon as they leave the fire. The spiritual nature of the living being can be rekindled, however, in association with the Supreme Being. Because the living being can appear either in matter or in spirit, the jiva is called the marginal potency. Sankarsana is the origin of Kirana Visnu, who is the original form who creates the universes, and that Sankarsana is but a plenary expansion of Sri Nityananda Rama. Text 42. Tanha ye Ramara Rupa, Mata Sankarsana Sikjaktiasrayatinho, Kirana Rakirana. Translation. There the personal feature of Balarama called Mata Sankarsana is the shelter of the spiritual energy. He is the primary cause, the cause of all causes. Text 43. 
Sikchakti Ulisa Ika Dash Backquote Sadhasadvanama Sadhasadvamaya Yadave Kunfidi Dhamma. Translation. One variety of the pastimes of the spiritual energy is described as pure goodness left square bracket Visadhasadva right square bracket. It comprises all the abodes of Vaikuntha. Text 44. Sabvidhas Varitan Hasakala Sinmayasankar Sanaravidhati Sabha, Janadhanistaya. Translation. The six attributes are all spiritual. Know for certain that they are all manifestations of the opulence of Sankarsana. Text 45. Backquote Jivanana Tatis Thakhaya Ika Sakti Haya Matasankarsana, Sabha Jivara Asraya. Translation. There is one marginal potency, known as the Jiva. Matasankarsana is the shelter of all Jivas. Text 46. Yanha Hai Visvat Pathi, Yanhit Pralaya Sai Purusara Sankarsana Samasraya. Translation. Sankarsana is the original shelter of the Purusa, from whom this world is created and in whom it is dissolved. Text 47. Sarvasraya, Sarvabhuta, Asvaraya Apara Backquote Anantaka Hait Narmadhima Yanhara. Translation. He left square bracket Sankarsana right square bracket is the shelter of everything. He is wonderful in every respect, and his opulences are infinite. Even Ananta cannot describe his glory. Text 48. Tiriya, Visanta Sadva, Backquote Sankarsana, Namatino Ayanra Amsa, Sainatayanandarama. Translation. That Sankarsana, who is transcendental pure goodness is a partial expansion of Anatayanandabalarama. Text 49. Astamaslakara Kala Sanksip Vivarana Navamaslakara Arthasuna Dayamana. Translation. I have briefly explained the eighth verse. Now please listen with attention, as I explain the ninth verse. Text 50. Mayabarte and Asanghasre and Mahasit Saxat Karanam Hadhim Adhai. Yusaya Kemsahshri Puman Adi Divastam Shri Natayanandaramam Prapadai Translation. I offer my full obeisances unto the feet of Shri Natayanandarama, whose partial representation called Karanadakasayivisnu, lying on the Karana Ocean, is the original Purusa, the master of the illusory energy, and the shelter of all the universes. Text 51. Vaikuntha Bahir Yani Jayatir Mayadama Tatara Bahir Backquote Karanarnavanama. Translation. Outside the Vaikuntha planets is the impersonal Brahman effulgence, and beyond that effulgence is the Purana Ocean, or Causal Ocean. Purport. The impersonal glowing effulgence known as impersonal Brahman is the outer space of the Vaikuntha planets in the spiritual sky. Beyond that impersonal Brahman is the great causal ocean, which lies between the material and spiritual skies. The material nature is a byproduct of this causal ocean. Kiranadakasayivasnu, who lies on the causal ocean, creates the universes merely by glancing upon material nature. Point. Therefore Krishna personally has nothing to do with the material creation. Bhagavad Gita confirms that the Lord glances over material nature, and thus she produces the many material universes. Neither Krishna in the Loka nor Narayana in Vaikuntha comes directly in contact with the material creation. They are completely aloof from the material energy. It is the function of Matasankarsana in the form of Kiranadakasayivasnu to glance over the material creation, which is situated beyond the limits of the causal ocean. Material nature is connected with the personality of Godhead by his glance over her and nothing more. It is said that she is impregnated by the energy of his glance. The material energy, Maya, never even touches the causal ocean, for the Lord's glance focuses upon her from a great distance away. The glancing power of the Lord agitates the entire cosmic energy, and thus its actions begin at once. This indicates that matter, however powerful she may be, has no power by herself. Her activity begins by the grace of the Lord, and then the entire cosmic creation is manifested in a systematic way. The example of a woman's conception can help us understand this subject to a certain extent. The mother is passive, but the father puts his energy within the mother, and thus she conceives. She supplies the ingredients for the birth of the child in her womb. Similarly, the Lord activates material nature, which then supplies the ingredients for cosmic development. Material nature has two different phases. The aspect called Pranhana supplies the material ingredients for cosmic development, and the aspect called Maya causes the manifestation of her ingredients, which are temporary like foam in the ocean. 
In reality, the temporary manifestations of material nature are originally caused by the spiritual glance of the Lord. The personality of Godhead is the direct, or remote, cause of creation, and material nature is the indirect, or immediate, cause. Materialistic scientists, puffed up by the magical changes their so-called inventions have brought about, cannot see the real potency of Godhead behind matter. Therefore the jugglery of science is gradually leading people to a godless civilization at the cost of the goal of human life. Having missed the goal of life, materialists run after self-sufficiency, not knowing that material nature is already self-sufficient by the grace of God. Thus creating a colossal hoax in the name of civilization, they create an imbalance in the natural self-sufficiency of material nature. To think of material nature as all in all, not knowing the original cause, is ignorance. Lord Caitanya appeared to dissipate this darkness of ignorance by igniting the spark of spiritual life that can, by his causeless mercy, enlighten the entire world. To explain how Maya acts by Krishna's power, the author of Sri Caitanya Karatamra gives the example that an iron rod in a fire, although it is not fire, becomes red hot and acts like fire itself. Similarly, all the actions and reactions of material nature are not actually the work of material nature, but are actions and reactions of the energy of the Supreme Lord manifested through matter. The power of electricity is transmitted through the medium of copper, but this does not mean that the copper is electricity. The power is generated at a powerhouse under the control of an expert living being. Similarly, behind all the jugglery of the natural laws is a great living being, who is a person like the mechanical engineer in the powerhouse. It is by his intelligence that the entire cosmic creation moves in a systematic way. The modes of nature that directly cause material actions are also originally activated by Narayana. A simple example will explain how this is so. When a potter manufactures a pot from earth, the potter's wheel, his tools and the potter himself are the remote causes of the pot, but the potter is the chief cause. Similarly, Narayana is the chief cause of all material creations, and the material energy supplies the ingredients of matter. Therefore without Narayana, all other causes are useless, just as the potter's wheel and tools are useless without the potter himself. Since materialistic scientists ignore the personality of Godhead, it is, as if they were concerned with the potter's wheel and its rotation, the potter's tools and the ingredients for the pots, but had no knowledge of the potter himself. Therefore modern science has created an imperfect, godless civilization that is in gross ignorance of the ultimate cause. Scientific advancement should have a great goal to attain, and that great goal should be the personality of Godhead. In Bhagavad Gita it is said that after conducting research for many, many births, great men of knowledge who stress the importance of experimental thought can know the personality of Godhead, who is the cause of all causes. When one knows him perfectly, one surrenders unto him and then becomes a Mahatma. Text 52. Apara, Taranatika Vedhi. Translation. Surrounding Vaikuntha is a mass of water that is endless, unfathomed and unlimited. Text 53. Translation. The earth, water, fire, air and ether of Vaikuntha are all spiritual. Material elements are not found there. Text 54. Sinmaya Jalasei Parama Purana Yara Ika Kanaganga Paditapambana. Translation. The water of the Purana Ocean, which is the original cause, is therefore spiritual. The sacred Gangs, which is but a drop of it, purifies the fallen souls. Text 55. Say Takirana Nave Say Sankar Sana Apanaraika Amskarina Sayana. Translation. In that ocean lies one plenary portion of Lord Sankar Sana. Text 56. Matatsrasta Purusa, Tinhal Jagad Kirana Adaya Vedarakarmaya Translation. He is known as the first Purusa, the creator of the total material energy. He, the cause of the universes, the first incarnation, casts his glance over Maya. Text 57. Maya Sakti Rei Karanadhira Bahir Karana Samadra Maya Parasite Nair. Translation. Maya Sakti resides outside the ocean of Karana. Maya cannot touch its waters. Text 58. Translation. Maya has two varieties of existence. One is called Pranhana or Prakriti. 
it supplies the ingredients of the material world. PURPORT Maya, the external energy of the Supreme Personality of Godhead, is divided into two parts. Maya is the cause and the ingredient of the cosmic manifestation. As the cause of the cosmic manifestation she is known as Maya, and as the agent supplying the ingredients of the cosmic manifestation she is known as Pranhana. An explicit description of these divisions of external energy is given in Srimad Bhagavatam, 11.24.1-4. Elsewhere in Srimad Bhagavatam, 10.63.26, the ingredients and cause of the material cosmic manifestation are described, as follows, Kalodavam karma jimasvam hevodravayam setram prana etma vikarayatatsang hethobijaroha pramahast van mayasatan nisedham prapadil my lord. Time, activity. Providence and nature are four parts of the causal aspect left square bracket Maya right square bracket of the external energy. The conditioned vital force, the subtle material ingredients called the Dravaya, and material nature which is the field of activity where the false ego acts as the soul, as well as the eleven senses and five elements, earth, water, fire, air and ether, which are the sixteen ingredients of the body, these are the ingredient aspect of Maya. The body is generated from activity, and activity is generated from the body, just as a tree is generated from a seed that is generated from a tree. This reciprocal cause and effect is called Maya. My dear Lord, you can save me from this cycle of cause and effect. I worship your lotus feet. Although the living entity is primarily related to the causal portion of Maya, he is nevertheless conducted by the ingredients of Maya. Three forces work in the causal portion of Maya, knowledge, desire and activity. The material ingredients are a manifestation of Maya as Pranhana. In other words, when the three qualities of Maya are in a dormant stage, they exist as Prakriti, Avayakta or Pranhana. The word Avayakta, referring to the non-manifest, is another name of Pranhana. In the Avayakta stage, material nature is without varieties. Varieties are Manifested by the Pranhana portion of Maya. The word Pranhana is therefore more important than Avayakta or Prakriti. Text 59. Jagad Kirana Neh Prakriti Jatarupa Sakti Samkariya Terkrasnakarkrapa. Translation. Because Prakriti is dull and inert, it cannot actually be the cause of the material world. But Lord Krishna shows his mercy by infusing his energy into the dull, inert material nature. Text 60. Krishna Sakti Prakriti Hayadana Kirana Anisakti Ayamuhayeshkarajirana. Translation. Thus Prakriti, by the energy of Lord Krishna, becomes the secondary cause, just as iron becomes red hot by the energy of fire. Text 61. Ativa Krishna Mila Jagad Kirana Prakriti, Kirana Yeshajajayastana. Translation. Therefore Lord Krishna is the original cause of the cosmic manifestation. Prakriti is like the nipples on the neck of a goat, for they cannot give any milk. PURPORT The external energy, composed of pranhana or prakriti, as the ingredient supplying portion and maya, as the causal portion, is known as maya sakti. Inert material nature is not the actual cause of the material manifestation, for Karanarnavasahi, Matavasnu, the plenary expansion of Krishna, activates all the ingredients. It is in this way that material nature has the power to supply the ingredients. The example given is that iron has no power to heat or burn, but after coming in contact with fire the iron becomes red hot and can then diffuse heat and burn other things. Material nature is like iron, for it has no independence to act without the touch of Visnu, who is compared to fire. Lord Visnu activates material nature by the power of his glands, and then the iron-like material nature becomes a material supplying agent, just as iron made red hot becomes a burning agent. Material nature cannot independently become an agent for supplying the material ingredients. This is more clearly explained by Sri Kapaladeva, an incarnation of Godhead, in Srimad Bhagavatam, 3.28.40, Yathalmukad Visfangad Dh Umad Vathi Svasam Hovat Apiat Mathvanad Himatad Yuthagnad Prathagalmukad, although smoke, flaming wood, and sparks are all considered together as ingredients of a fire, the flaming wood is nevertheless different from the fire, and the smoke is different from the flaming wood. The material elements, earth, water, fire, etc., are like smoke, the living entities are like sparks, and material nature, as Pranhana is like the flaming wood. 
but all of them together are recipients of power from the Supreme Personality of Godhead and are thus able to manifest their individual capacities. In other words, the Supreme Personality of Godhead is the origin of all manifestations. Material nature can supply only when it is activated by the glance of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Just as a woman can deliver a child after being impregnated by the semina of a man, so material nature can supply the material elements after being glanced upon by Matavisnu. Therefore, Pranhana cannot be independent of the superintendence of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. This is confirmed in Bhagavad Gita, 9.10. Bhanhyaksina Prakriti Suayat Sakurakaram, Prakriti, Fitutalam Ait Reali Anirjai, works under the superintendence of the Lord. The original source of the material elements is Krishna. Therefore the attempt of the atheistic Sankhya philosophers to consider material nature the source of these elements, forgetting Krishna, is useless, like trying to get milk from the nipple-like bumps of skin hanging on the neck of a goat. Text 62. Maya Amskahi Ternamimikirana Sihane, Yat Kardahidu, Narayana. Translation. The Maya aspect of material nature is the immediate cause of the cosmic manifestation. But it also cannot be the real cause, for the original cause is Lord Narayana. Text 63. Translation. Just as the original cause of an earthen pot is the potter, so the creator of the material world is the first Purusa incarnation left square bracket Karanarnavasaivisnu right square bracket. Text 64. Krishna, Karda, Mayatanra Kirana Sahayagadra Kirana, Takradandadiyapaya. Translation. Lord Krishna is the creator, and Maya only helps him as an instrument, just like the potter's wheel and other instruments, which are the instrumental causes of a pot. Text 65. Translation. The first Purusa casts his glance at Maya from a distance, and thus he impregnates her with the seed of life in the form of the living entities. Text 66. Translation. The reflected rays of his body mix with Maya, and thus Maya gives birth to myriads of universes. Purport. The Vedic conclusion is that the cosmic manifestation visible to the eyes of the conditioned soul is caused by the Absolute Truth, the Personality of Godhead, through the exertion of his specific energies, although in the conclusion of atheistic deliberations this manifested cosmic exhibition is attributed to material nature. The energy of the Absolute Truth is exhibited in three ways, spiritual, material and marginal. The Absolute Truth is identical with his spiritual energy. Only when contacted by the spiritual energy can the material energy work and the temporary material manifestations thus appear active. In the conditioned state the living entities of the marginal energy are a mixture of spiritual and material energies. The marginal energy is originally under the control of the spiritual energy, but, under the control of the material energy, the living entities have been wandering in forgetfulness within the material world, since time immemorial. The conditioned state is caused by misuse of the individual independence of the spiritual platform, for this separates the living entity from the association of the spiritual energy. But when the living entity is enlightened by the grace of the Supreme Lord or his pure devotee and becomes inclined to revive his original state of loving service, he is on the most auspicious platform of eternal bliss and knowledge. The marginal jiva, or living entity, misuses his independence and becomes averse to the eternal service attitude, when he independently thinks he is not energy but the energetic. This misconception of his own existence leads him to the attitude of lording it over material nature. Material nature appears to be just the opposite of the spiritual energy. The fact is that the material energy can work only when in contact with the spiritual energy. Originally the energy of Krishna is spiritual, but it works in diverse ways, like electrical energy, which can exhibit the functions of refrigerating or heating through its manifestations in different ways. The material energy is spiritual energy covered by a cloud of illusion, or maya. Therefore, the material energy is not self-sufficient in working. Krishna invests his spiritual energy into a material energy, and then it can act, just as iron can act like fire after being heated by fire. The material energy can act only when empowered by the spiritual energy. 
when covered by the cloud of material energy, the living entity, who is also a spiritual energy of the Supreme Personality of Godhead, forgets about the activities of the spiritual energy and considers all that happens in the material manifestation to be wonderful. But a person who is engaged in devotional service in full Krishna consciousness and who is therefore already situated in the spiritual energy can understand that the material energy has no independent powers, whatever actions are going on are due to the help of the spiritual energy. The material energy, which is a perverted form of 